and welcome to episode number 29 of the Solo Women RV podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Belge. I'm really excited to bring you this episode because my guest this week is someone who has helped me so much as I start to scale a business that I can take with me on the road. This is the second week of a three-part series about remote work. And this week I had a great conversation with Kimberly Crossland. Kimberly runs Cruising and Campfires and the Roadpreneur community, as well as being a copywriter. She shares a, a bit with us about her three different businesses and has some great ideas for starting your own location independent business or taking a business that you already run and scaling that to be able to go on the road. Kimberly has been mentoring me as I work on growing my own business so that I can earn a living on the road. And I am very excited for you all to meet her. So let's listen in. Well, hello, Kimberly. Uh, Kimberly Crossland today is my guest. And Kimberly, I'm super excited to have on because Kimberly is actually a mentor of mine. Kimberly started a program called Roadpreneur which I think is the only thing like it out there. I've never seen anything. It's for people who want to create a business to either take on the road with their RV or to just create the time and uh, with their business that they can travel more. So Kimberly, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. I, I want to get into a little bit into Roadpreneur and the specific program. We'll talk more about that at the end, but I kind of want to get a little bit about your story and how you got into RV life, first of all, and then how you started your first business. Yeah, absolutely. So I am not someone who grew up RV traveling. I'm not somebody who you know, spent the, I'm definitely not a road school student. I did not grow up in the RV but it was always on my radar. So my grandpa actually had a beautiful brown Westphalia camper van that he would park in his driveway. And towards the end of his life, he didn't drive, drive a bunch and he didn't travel a bunch. So it was always there. And we'd always go out and play in it. We'd have our food truck before food trucks were trendy, but we would go and play uh, me and my cousins. And I just thought, you know, how fun would this be to travel in it? And we did travel one time to the grand Canyon in it. And it was the best trip. It was so oh. much fun. I had so much space back there. It was just, you know, a, a kid's dream to go on the road like that with their family. Yeah. And, uh, ever since, you know, seeing those, ex having those experiences, falling in love with travel, my degree is actually in, in marketing and international business. And when I graduated, oh. I was overseas, I was over in Denmark, which is where my family is from originally. And so I went back there and I just had this wanderlust bug. Like I just caught this, this huge desire to travel and to see as much of the world as I could. Well, fast forward, I, I started my career over there, moved back home to Arizona met my now husband. And, um, I said to him, you know, I want to travel. I really want to travel. And then we had kids and he said, we can't go flying everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I agreed. I, I was a total wreck whenever we would fly with the kids. And, and so he said, well, what about buying a travel trailer or getting a travel trailer? And I said, I don't know. I've never done that. It seems like a lot of work. I've heard all the things about how hard it is. And, you know, you don't actually get to vacation because you're working all the time. And I thought, you know, he kept pushing it, kept pushing it. I'm like, they're kind of expensive. I came up with all the excuses. Mm -hmm. And finally, 
on, we went to a, uh, an RV show and I was like, you know, this is bringing back so many memories for me and I want to try it. So then we started looking and, um, on my son, my oldest son's second birthday. So I had a two-year-old and a, fi- a five month old at the time we were handed the keys to our very first travel trailer. Nice. And it was awesome. It was humongous. It was just a 29 foot huge trailer. Wow. Okay. And we thought it'd be great. You know, it had that room in the back. And so we thought this is perfect. You know, when we get, when our kids get older, we can bring their friends along. They've got plenty of room to sleep. They kind of have their own space, but it was just too much. So in the beginning, it was great because we ended up splitting up the kids. The baby was up in the front We took out the dinette and put the pack and play in the middle there. And that way, you know, when he woke up in the middle of the night, my oldest did not wake up with him, which was kind of nice. And so, um, we had, we had just a really fun experience, but then it was, we were in Williams, Arizona, sitting around the campfire. The boys had gone to bed, beautiful night out. And we were, so Williams, Arizona KOA, which is where we were staying is kind of, it's called circle pines because it's literally a circle. And we were at the front of that circle. And so we saw all the traffic coming in and out. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do? You see all these other yeah. RVs coming in. You think, I'm curious about that. Oh, that one looks nice. I wonder what the inside's like. I wonder what the layout is like. And so it sent us down this crazy rabbit hole. And this was pre-pandemic. And so we decided, let's just kind of look around. We don't need as much space as we thought we did. My husband, is he's the primary one who drives. I have driven, but he's the one who primarily drives. And uh, he's like, you know, kind of tired of towing such a big rig. And so we started looking around and long story short, we found the travel trailer that we really wanted. It was in San Antonio. He was going to drive overnight to go and get it and bring it back. And I was like, no, I'm coming with you. (laughs) (laughs) I want to have this experience. Yeah. So, uh, we jumped in the truck together at nine o'clock at night, left our kids at home with my mother-in-law and drove all the way overnight to San Antonio, picked up the travel trailer that I absolutely love that we have now. And we go camping as often as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. And we will do all sorts of adventures. So we're not exclusively KOAers. Although in the beginning, I was convinced that's what I was going to be. Um, Not anymore. We definitely do dispersed camping, which is so much fun. We still will do the resorts. And so our kids love like the Jellystone style. And they love like, you know, we're going to uh, a Verde Ranch, Verde resort, I think Verde ranch resort or something like that. They have like the clubhouse and the scavenger hunts and stuff for the kids, but then we'll also take them. Um, Santa brought my oldest a mountain bike for Christmas. And so we took them the day after Christmas, we went off grid and took a mountain biking and he could make his own mountain bike track. Cause we had this oh. huge space or we could just let him, you know, totally ride loose. So we just like it all. We like all of the adventures we can pursue. And you're in Arizona, which is there's so much opportunity out there for dispersed camping. Yes, there really is. So we are about, we're right outside of Tucson. We obviously are not full-time. Um, and so we have everything from Patagonia Lake, where you can kind of get that beachfront feel. Mm. Um, that's about 15 minutes from the border, which is kind of fun. And, um, but it's a little bit of kind of a party campground, which oh, is not okay. my style. Yeah, I yeah. like the quiet. I like to be able to see the stars. Um, but it's still a fun place to go. Cause you have that beach and you can also, you know, go 
paddle boarding and all the things on the water right during spring and fall in the middle of summer. It's just very hot. We've been in June and it's been like sweltering. Our our AC never turned off. (laughs) Yeah. And then as the boys get older, we're going to continue to venture out further and further, of course. Yeah. So tell me, what is this dream trailer that you ended up with? (laughs) <laughs> so it's a, not that much smaller actually, but it feels smaller. It's a 26 foot bunkhouse and okay. it's an forest river alpha wolf. And I love it for so many reasons, but I think the few of my favorites are, it has those stairs. You have two doors. And so the door in the back goes straight into the bathroom. So all mm-hmm. that dirt and everything, when you get muddy and and all the dirt that you always yeah. inevitably find and accumulate, um, it can stay in the bathroom and it's easier to clean up and you have mm. kind of, you don't have to have it tracked all the way through the travel trailer. Um, one of our absolute favorite trips, and I think it was either our first or second trip in this specific trailer, uh, was in the snow. And so in the morning we woke up and we turned on that space here, which is like a pretend fire. And oh, it was yeah. so cozy inside watching the snow come down on the outside. Oh. So it's got those little creature comforts that I absolutely love. And then of course my husband loves things like the automatic jacks and things like that, that are a oh, little yeah, bit more yeah. with the gear side of things and which I do appreciate for sure. But I also yeah. like the creature comforts. <laughs> I mean, for solo women, having some of those automatic features when you're, when you're towing a travel is step trailer is definitely a plus for sure. Oh yeah. Anytime you can simplify the setup process. Right. Which is why I love traveling just in a van. I'm like, pull in, I'm ready to go. If I'm, yeah. if I have hookups, <laughs> I have like three minutes to plug in and that's it. So yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. So I want also, so we're also talking about running a business from the road and you've been running your own business now. I think you said for almost 10 years, So tell us a bit about your first business and what you're doing now. Yeah. So I 10 of almost 10 years ago, I found myself sitting at my kitchen table and I had just had a few days earlier, my boss had said, you know what? I can't pay you. You're married. And so you have someone to support you. And so I'm going to keep the, the money and I'll pay you as soon as I get money in. And I thought, no, that doesn't that's sound not legal. <laughs> <laughs> it's not legal. It's not ethical. It, there's so many things that are wrong with it. And so I decided, you know what? It's not the right spot for me. And so I left and I sat at my kitchen table and I thought, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I'm ready to dive into this entrepreneurial thing that I feel mm-hmm. is inside of me. And I don't know what it's going to look like yet, but let's do it. No better time than now. And so I ended up telling my neighbor at the time, I said, this is what I'm doing. And she said, let's go to lunch and talk. And I thought she was going to try and talk me out of it because a lot of people will try and talk you out of starting your own business. And it's of course all out of love and yet don't listen to them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so we went to lunch and she actually said, tell me about more about what you do. And it was just like the puzzle pieces started to come together. So I told her, well, I I have my background in marketing, like I said, and I love to specifically, I love marketing writing. I like copywriting. I like sales writing. Here's what I've done for the, the companies that I've been working for and what I'd like to do going forward. And she said, I have your first client for you. I put one foot in front of the other. I didn't start to think way too far ahead. I didn't have this elaborate business plan. Certainly was not out trying to get venture funds and, and, you know, going to pitch myself to angel investors. I just wanted to make money doing something that felt really good and that I enjoyed. And I knew was going to matter to the people that I was serving. And, um, and so that was copywriting. 
And so one thing led to another and I started to be more intentional about who I was reaching out to. I joined the chamber of commerce and I started Mm -hmm. talking to people there and I started to reach out to different companies that I knew I could help. I'm specifically not just a copywriter, but I'm very good at infusing personality and making things fun and making things light where, whereas, you know, especially about 10 years ago, I feel like we're still in this very buttoned up stage of everything has to be perfect and everything has to be done right. And you can't let your personality show and you have to have Mm. personal life and professional life. They have to stay separate unless of course you're the boss who won't pay me because I have a husband. And, (laughs) uh, but that just, I, I always felt like there's something different there that needs to come out. We need to change things up. And so I would reach out to these boring businesses, quote unquote, boring. So insurance agencies Mm. and lawyers and doctors who are always very buttoned up. And I, And I started to help them and I started to rewrite their copy and I started to really work with them on bringing out their personality and making it so it's relatable and people want to work with them. So over the time, uh, I started to move not just copywriting, but then also into consulting and into coaching people and specifically these local businesses that I felt like they, they had such heart behind them and yet they were having a hard time connecting that in their marketing. So that led into the coaching world. And then I was picked up by a consultancy out of Salt Lake city. And the only stipulation was I couldn't take on any other clients and had to fire all the clients that they had. And at the time it worked out for me. I learned so much. I had been working with them for a while. I still work with them, have nothing but respect for them. And yet it just felt like, um, I lost my entrepreneurial spirit and I lost Mm. my ability to go and and be flexible, which is what I always wanted, especially living the RV lifestyle. You know, I wanted to be able to pick up and go midweek because I didn't want to have to be battling the holiday weekends and the campgrounds are limited to only one night or two nights away. I wanted to spend a week away without sucking up all my sick leave or whatever it was, you know? And so I had kind of this out of body experience in January, 2020, before I even knew a pandemic was on the horizon. And I said, I don't think I can do this anymore. I love you. I love the company. I love the work we're doing. And yet I just feel like I, I feel it in my body as having physical mm-hmm. symptoms that I just could not ignore. And they were so kind and so generous and said, be free, but come back anytime. Awesome. And so that's exactly what I've done. And I will never look back. And so it opened the door to other new opportunities. And I think that's such an important lesson is as you're starting to think what's possible. And as anybody is starting to tell you, this is what, this is the way the world is. And this is how you have a a career. And this is how you have a job. Know that as soon as you start to take a step in the other direction, doors are going to open. The path is going to appear and all these opportunities are going to be there for you, but you have to take those first steps as scary as it is. You have to step out in faith, knowing that you've got this and something's going to come up. That's going to be a perfect fit for you. You just have to have your eyes and heart open to it. And so that's exactly what I did. And, um, it let us hit the road more often and it Mm -hmm. let us go and explore for longer periods of time. And it let us go when it wasn't totally crowded. And during the pandemic, once that hit, you know, your listeners know too, it's things filled up very quickly and all these dispersed camping grounds 
were no longer very dispersed. You had a lot of people finding those mm-hmm. really popular spots and it just was not as isolated and quiet as maybe we had all anticipated before we, you know, when we were setting out on this RV lifestyle. So it was nice to have that flexibility. And now everything I do is designed around my life and my mm-hmm. ability to to work from anywhere and to travel anytime and just really live life to the fullest. Yeah. I love, I love what you said about just taking a step and the doors will open, which that's always been my experience. I had a similar experience to you one year. This was many years ago where I felt like I needed to leave my job and it was a really good job and it was my dream job. I loved it, but then I was done. And then I ended up, I quit that job to become a writer, a full-time freelance writer when I hardly had any clients Yeah, and, you know, and within a year I was making more than I had made at that job. So, and, and it just opened so many doors and really created, you know, who I am today and whatnot. So, um, I can share a little bit more sometime on this podcast about my own personal journey, but it's so true. And I just really believe that. And there are always going to be those people who they're scared for you and they try to let you know they're trying, they try to talk you out of it and not just with the job, but also going RVing, living. If you want to go full time, there will be people who will try to talk you out of it. And you just need to know that that's their fear talking and it's not for you to absorb. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite mantras, I heard it from an Olympian and now Carrie Walsh, that's who it is. And she said that her mantra going into the Olympics is breathe, believe battle. So you breathe through the pain, believe in your training and battle to the end. And I have carried that with me through so many different areas of my life. So if you want to talk about business, it's breathe through the hard moments, breathe through those moments where you're getting told those messages of no, don't do that. You better not. Maybe you shouldn't believe in what, you know, believe in the fact that when you do close one door, another door is going to open as cliche as that sounds. It's so true. You and I are obviously, you know, testimonies to that. And then battle through the, the, parts where we're feeling our own inner critics speaking to us out of our own fears. And I think it's just really, it's hard to do. And yet we have to consciously do it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's switch, uh, let's switch gears a little bit here and talk about running a business from the road. I know that you don't run your business full-time from the road and neither do I, I'm only part-time, but what makes a good business to take on the road? What are the characteristics? Oh, that's such a good question. Really, it can be anything, anything that's rooted in empathy for others. So I have heard of people who have taken inventory, a product-based business that typically I'm starting there because that typically seems to be the one where you would not want to take that on the road because you think about the weight, you think about the space in your rig, you think about all these different things, but this woman who, um, she, I don't know if she was a full-timer, but she basically knit or she was a knitter. And so she loved to go on the road and knit. And so she would do that. And so she would sit at the campsite and knit. And then she would find one day where she could go and go to a post office and ship those orders. She didn't, she set herself up to have it so that she could travel and still had a lot of inventory. Well, it got to be a lot. And so of course she was able to scale. And so 
in that moment, she was like, I can't keep doing this. I can't knit 24 hours a day and I can't store everything that I knit and all the yarn and all the needles and all everything that I need in my RV. So what am I going to do? And in that moment, then she found other systems that she could incorporate. So she ended up, I believe she hired people who lived at nursing homes and had them help her out because they also love to knit. So Mm. she said, this is what I'm creating. I'd love for you to help. And they just loved having a purpose behind it. So when I say that it's anything that's rooted in empathy, that's what I mean. If there's some kind of a purpose behind the business, So yes, products can be very difficult. I also own a a subscription box and and an outdoor company. And that's, I've thought about how I would take that on the road if we were to go full-time, which of course is a dream of mine. Mm -hmm. And the way that I would do that is to scale back the inventory. So as you're thinking about the characteristics for what you could start from the road, think about anything where you can not only listen to yourself and listen to what you want to do, but also listen to others and find that middle ground. Cause there's always going to be that middle ground mm. where you can show up and serve others, but then not sacrifice your own happiness and your own, you know, lifestyle that you want to live. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think we get the message a lot is what are people looking for? What do people want? And that's what you should do. But it also has to be, what do you want? What do you like? What fills your heart with joy and what's going to set you up for the lifestyle that you want to have? So there does, I like that middle ground. That's a good answer there. So if somebody is thinking about hitting the road and running a business, do you think it's feasible to start a business on the road if someone is full-time? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So really what you need to do to start a business is to start talking to people and you can absolutely do that from on the road. And in some cases it might even be easier on the road because you're inherently meeting people at campsites and you're inherently meeting up with people. If you're a member of some of these different clubs that that have those meetups or convergences, um, you're already talking to people, you're already meeting people. Also the internet opens the door to all these little pockets of people that you, you might know you want to serve, even if you don't know how you want to serve them yet, you know, that there's something that you want to show up for them in some way and make their life easier. You're already in those groups. It doesn't matter where you're located in the country, in the RV, in your RV, that doesn't matter. What matters is you're there and you're present mentally and fully open with your heart and you're ready to listen to them and find that opportunity to say, Oh, I can do that for you. Yes, I can serve. And so when you have that, it doesn't matter where you are. We're in such a beautifully location independent world that you absolutely can start anything from anywhere. I know another question that comes up when you, when you think though, about the RV lifestyle and starting a business, especially in those beginning stages is internet access. Yeah. Because I did say that the internet is, you know, where you can find these pockets of people, but there's plenty of times and you cannot even access the internet, which is a beautiful moment as well. Yes, it is. And, <laughs> um, first of all, those moments are not forever. And so I like to break out my business into systems. There are days when I don't have internet access, nor do I need it to show up. The last launch that I did, I was actually off grid and totally off grid, not, not just without hookups, but without cell phone service for the first two days. And it was okay because I had set it up to run without me. I was still very much in it. I was still very much connected to it as all my words, all my thoughts, all my, all my work that was put out there. But I had the system set up where 
it was okay for me to disconnect for a little bit from the internet without disconnecting from my business. So I don't ever want the internet or a lack of internet or poor internet or slow internet to hold anybody back because there's definitely ways that you can work around that. You can set yourself up for success without it. What are a couple of ways that you do work that you do set yourself up to work when there's no internet? Great question. I'm glad you asked. So the first way is to always have a pen and paper. I am somebody who will wake up in the middle of the night and have all these ideas about everything from, oh, I should post that on Instagram, or this is a new course that maybe I should be making, or maybe this is a way that I can shift things a little bit and show up a little bit closer, more personably for my audience. Well, if I didn't have a pen and paper that I could just say, okay, I have this brain dump and I'm ready to get all these ideas out of my head so I can go back to sleep or, or have the pen and paper ready for me when I wake up before anybody else. I love to get up early. I, I would miss out on those moments and I would just be kind of swirling in my head. And that's not a way to get things done. That's not a way to run a business. It's not a way to feel productive, even when you don't have the internet. And so going back to your question about how can you set yourself up to work when you don't have the internet, having that pen and paper where you can have that intentional quiet time to journal is so valuable. And I don't think we put enough value on those moments where we have that quiet, where we can step away and sort of hover above at 40,000 feet and look at our business from a different vantage point than the everyday day-to-day constant connected world. It's actually so much more productive and beneficial. And then the other thing that I would do is I, that I do do is I use automation a lot. So automation is basically what it sounds like. It it's automatically emails are automatically sent posts are automatically posted. You don't have to constantly be there in the moment to get it done. That doesn't mean that you don't come back and reply to the replies that land in your inbox or reply to the comments when you do have internet again, but they're there, you know, that you're, you're still showing up for your people. You're still serving them. You don't go, you you can stay consistent without having to consistently be plugged in. Nice. And I'm just going to, um, interject here that a lot of these tools that you're talking about in these systems are things that you are teaching us in the roadpreneur community. So we're going to talk more about that as we move on, but tell us a little bit about your subscription boxes and what those are. Yeah. So the subscription box, I have a monthly and very soon I'm going to also have a quarterly box and it's basically camping experiences in a box. So The subscription is for anyone who wants to elevate the camping experience a little bit. Like I had said earlier, I love my space heater and the travel trailer because it just feels so warm and inviting. Um, And so little things like that that you can do just to make make camping more comfortable and a little bit simpler and a little bit easier. And this is a very difficult niche, by the way, to get into because since we're we're speaking from the business building standpoint, because as you know, as your audience knows, you don't always want to have more stuff when you go to a campground. Exactly. You yeah. want to have less stuff. We like to live the simple life. We like things to be easy and light and you, you can't carry a lot of weight anyway. And you want to set up in three minutes. Like you said, you don't want to yep. spend hours, you know, decorating your campsite. Although sometimes that can be fun. 
So the whole concept behind these boxes is to have it where it's something that's reusable that you're going to use over and over again. And so it adds to your camping experience in a way that doesn't feel like it's adding stuff, but adding ease. Mm. And then there's also seasonal items. And so every season you have different things you're going to need. For example, in the winter, you probably need some heat tape to keep your pipes (laughs) from not Mm. freezing things like that, where you're like, oh gosh, I didn't really realize I might need that, but I'm so glad that I had it. And then also consumable items. And so I have not released what's coming out in the February one yet, uh, February box yet, but I can say that one of the items are some really fun marshmallows that are a little bit different than you would normally have because who doesn't want to have marshmallows around a campfire? You know, some people don't, and I get that that's fine, but most people do. Yeah, Many people do. It's kind of one of those iconic things. That's great. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And I want to, and so you run more than one business, you do copywriting, you do your subscription boxes, you do the roadpreneur community. And, and, and one of the things you do talk to us about is the importance of diversifying. So do you want to share a little bit more about why it's so important to have more than one income stream? Yeah, absolutely. Revenue. The only way to really grow, I, I kind of hesitate to use this word, but it is really the best word I find. The only way to grow that wealth is to have several different sources of income. So when I worked only for the consultancy, as delightful as they were, as much of a dream job as it, as that was, there was a few things that happened. First of all, I kind of lived in this constant fear, which changed the way I showed up in the world, changed the way I vacationed, changed the way I approached RVing, changed how I felt when I was in the RV. Like I feel guilty for being gone, despite how much they told me not to feel guilty or plug in or anything still felt guilt. Um, it changes the way you show up when you rely on just one source of income. Mm-hmm. The other thing is we are not linear static creatures as people. We have different facets to ourselves and different ways that we like to show up in this world, you know? And so being able to serve in a variety of ways is really fun and it's really rewarding too. So there's a lot of times where I have, thought about a business idea or like, for example, with copywriting. So that is where I started. I started with that single source of income, a lot like you with the freelance writing. And it just, I started to see that I was only serving one area, but I knew, and I wanted to so badly serve these other areas. So I thought, why not? Why not show up in these other areas? And then when I brought on cruising and campfires as another revenue stream, which is a total you know, 180 from where I was with the copywriting and the consulting yeah. and coaching. Um, it was because I wanted to, and because it was fun. And so it, it lights me up in a different way. It's just a different way to show up that makes me so happy. And so when you have all these different revenue streams, you're no longer, it sounds like a lot and it sounds overwhelming. And yet I find it less overwhelming because yeah. I don't put as much stress on myself. I don't put as much stress on the business. I don't put as much stress on how I'm going to show up. I just, I have the systems in place that make it so I I can show up all across the board in a way that feels so good. And then I think you do your best work when you, when you're coming at everything from that point. Yeah. You know, that's something uh, just listening to you talk made me think of something that I sometimes struggle with, which is when I am traveling and, and unlike you, I'm out there like six, eight months at the, at a time, sometimes it can be hard to focus and to sit down and do the work because I'm in a place and I want to go do the hike or see the thing. So do you have any systems in place or ideas for people who have struggled with that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a really great book. 
Um, it's by Kate Northrup called do less. And in it, she talks about, uh, obviously I'm not affiliated with her at all. I just love the book. So it's just a recommendation for sitting around the campfire. If you want something to read, but in it, she talks about how we're cyclical beings. And if you look at the moon has different phases, the seasons go through different, obviously phases it's cold sometimes. And it's warm. Sometimes we ourselves do the same thing. And yet we don't honor that. And so if you look at the male and the female energies, and you look at the way our biology is, we as females will go through cycles every month. We go through cycles. It's just how we were built. And the fact that we do that, our bodies do that should also be a cue that we're allowed to do that too, mentally, energetically, emotionally take that pause. And so when you're starting to feel that, you know, I just want to go hiking and I just want to sit back and I don't feel like I can focus, let it be okay because it is okay. And it's so normal and we're not meant or built or created to work 24 hours a day around the nonstop. We need to have those pauses. And it was just like I was saying, when, when I was talking about with the pen and paper, the reason why it's so valuable is because you need to let yourself unplug. And if you don't, you're just going to be on that hamster wheel and that's not rewarding and that's draining and that's exhausting. But when you let yourself say, you know what? I don't feel like working right now. (laughs) That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You need to listen to that and you need to give yourself that, that permission slip that, you know what? I don't have to today. I don't have to, and it's going to be all right. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. That's great. Thanks for the permission for that. You talked about taking the time to do different things and you talked about being cyclical and you also talked about diversifying uh, different income streams. And I just wanted to share something I haven't shared on this podcast or even in my blog yet, which is some of the ways that I make money on the road. One of the things that I do is I'm a writer. So I'm a full-time or I'm not full-time. I used to be, but I'm a freelance writer. Also, one of the other things I do is I sell things on eBay and Amazon. And so that's a really fun way to incorporate that into my travels because I go to thrift stores and I find little bargains and things that I know that I can sell for more money down the road. Love that. And then, and, and in addition to that, I've also done some contract work for some travel companies doing customer service work. So all kind, I use like all different parts of my brain for all the different businesses. And um, I don't know, I think that maybe I'm a little bit ADD. And I also think maybe some of us who are attracted to this lifestyle are because we like to have a lot of different things going on at once. And it kind of makes, you know, life a little bit calmer for us. So Um, anyway, I just wanted to share that and, and also now working with you, Kimberly, I'm trying to grow out this, this solo women RV business to see if we can turn that into a money-making venture. Um, but it's nice to know that I have those other income streams that I have so that I don't have to rely on this all at once as I'm getting started. So, um, with that, I want to jump in and talk about the roadpreneur community, I'm just going to give a little testimonial here. I first met Kimberly in a different program that was for also for people wanting to start their own businesses and follow their heart and and choose a career path, like based on what their heart is telling them, which was, which was a great program. And then we became Facebook friends. And then at some point, I don't even remember how I heard about it, but Kimberly was starting this program called Roadpreneur, which is 
to run a business that you can do from anywhere so that you can travel more. And I think I might've been one of your very first signups because I knew immediately this is exactly what I wanted. Grown a little community. I know it's getting bigger and bigger every day, but for this small fee, monthly fee, which I know I got in on, on the bargain level and it will probably continue to go up because there's so many things offered. I haven't even really dipped my toes into all that, all, all there is. In addition to all the live things that you offer, you have this whole bank of workbooks and just information to go through. So if you don't know anything about business, you can jump in and, and really learn so much. So that's my little testimonial. I want to hear you. I want to hear the founder and the CEO of it really tell us what is it? What's the road for our community in your words? Oh, thank you. I, I love hearing that testimonial. Wow. I, I absolutely love that. So roadpreneur community, the whole reason why I wanted to create this, first of all, I actually started this off as a standalone course and I thought, nope, this doesn't feel right. I want to show up and be alongside just like I would at a campsite. I want to be yeah. with them. I want to understand their business and their goals. And I want to see what happens. I want to see what comes next. And so I said, you know, I'm turning this into a community because selfishly, then I can kind of, you know, be a fly on the wall as they're doing these amazing things in the world. So the community is really designed with part course, which is where I originally started. I took all of the coaching, all the workbooks and I'm still redoing and rebranding some of them to be roadpreneur, but I didn't want to let that stop me from getting it out there, but to be, do everything that I've built over the last few years, um, and taken that and put it all into a vault basically, where when you sign up, you get access to all those trainings, there's video trainings, there's workbooks, um, and there's guides, there's templates, there's copywriting templates to make that you don't have to overthink that you can get things out in the world without spending, you know, months on one sales page, things like that. So that's all waiting when you sign up. But then in addition to it, we have a really nice community because if there's one thing that I know, especially for solo women RVers is you want to have someone to bounce ideas off of and converse with and get some feedback and process these ideas that are bubbling up inside of you. Yes. It's nice to have that pen and paper in that quiet time, but you also need to have people who are on the same path as you, who can understand what you're doing and not put their, you know, project their own fears onto you when you're talking about it, but they yeah. can cheer you on. They can celebrate the win. They can have those moments and let it be okay to have those moments of, well, that didn't go quite as I planned. And, and you're there to, we're there to catch you and say, you know what? Mm -hmm. It's okay. We understand that was hard and let's keep moving. And here's here, let's brainstorm together how we can keep moving. That those are the kinds of conversations that we have, and I foresee happening even more as the community continues to grow inside this, this very safe group and this very safe space where I literally don't even have post approvals on. I've been a part of a lot oh. of other groups where you have to approve all the posts and I don't even worry about it because the people who are inside the community are just cheerleaders and lovers and supporters. And it, I, I just think it's such a beautiful thing. So there's that. So you have the community, you've got the vault of trainings. And then of course we also do the events. And so the live events every month will consist of live guest experts. These are just some friends of mine that are biz buddies that come in and, and share some ideas and, and we'll speak to everything from mindset to how to set up a membership to audience building, all the things that we kind of feel stuck on. 
I wanted to bring in different voices so you didn't always hear from me. And so it's, it's just kind of nice to diversify those voices. And I definitely imagine and envision at some point, our members are going to be those voices saying, I'd love to teach on this that I'm really good at. And I'd love to share with others. So we can have more of that community vibe. We also do every single month, a Q and a which is not only a Q&A, but also a copywriting review. And so I get to totally geek out and tear down, although I don't like the term tear down, um, but just go through everyone, what everyone's working on and say, I love this. This can maybe be tweaked. What if? What about this headline? And that just is there to inspire some other ideas, take it or leave it. But it's always helpful just to kind of get another set of eyes on what you're working on. And then we also do co-working sessions. So right now they're twice a month. I love them. They're really fun. I have always been very resistant to co-working because I like to have kind of that quiet space, but since starting them, I'm right there working alongside you because I have to have my zoom on and I love it. And I actually find that I do more. And so it's almost this accountability thing where I didn't even realize that I even needed it. And so it's just nice to have that spot where it's like, I'm logging in. All these other roadpreneurs are going to be working too. Even if we're not talking beyond the chat, we're still talking and we're still there and we're still together and doing this thing together. And it's all optional. It sounds like a lot. It's all optional. You take what you need. You jump in wherever you are in your journey and um, it's just there for you. Yeah. It's been really, really helpful for me. I know just the very first uh, live session that we had where you, you did the copywriting review and, you know, I'm a writer and I'm not a marketing writer though. So you were really able to help me hone in on what needed to be in and what needed to not be in the piece that I was working on. And so, uh, and I've, I've sent it out in the world and I've gotten some good feedback on it. So that was really, really helpful. And also just for um, someone like me who, you know, has a lot of ideas, but doesn't necessarily know how to really hone in and make them work for a business. um, This has been so valuable, especially, you know, since when I ran my freelance writing business was about 15 years ago. So a lot has changed since then too. So everything is so much more internet, you know, social media, this and that, and how to, how to gain attention for your business online is so important. And that's a lot that you you've been really helpful with and the other community members. Um, now I, I think the group is all women. Is that intentional? Is it for women only or it's not, no, um, it's not intentionally all women. And in fact, I know that we had a guy sign up. So there will be some masculine energy coming into the group, but it's still, I'm very conscientious of the fact that it needs to continue to be supportive and encouraging. And if for some reason, someone's not a fit, I, Mm. I don't need to have that money every month to erode the, the safeness of that space. And so, um, yeah, it'll definitely, it'll always be a fit whoever joins must be a fit. <laughs> There's yeah. no application. And yet, you know, okay. for some reason it's, you're not contributing the right energy to the group, then, then we'll find, I'll recommend a few other places. Awesome. <laughs> that sounds awful. And yet it's not. Yeah. There is a discount for listeners of this podcast to join. So um, I'll, I'll link all that up in the show notes, but I want to ask you, Kimberly, I know this is just getting started, but what is your vision long-term for the roadpreneur community? 
Oh my goodness. I've got so many ideas. So I don't have the priorities all listed out. I've not done the prioritization matrix like I teach inside the community quite yet, but I know that the community is my first step. But after that, I also envision a time when we are at the campground together, physically in person together. Um, I also envision lots of moments where we can have more of like a summit and a time, a longer period of time than Mm -hmm. just an hour here and there throughout the month, or we can really dedicate a lot of time and do like a full blown, like retreat style approach. Okay. Um, I also have other courses that are coming up and they're going to be made available to the roadpreneur community, at least for now. So if you get in now, you're going to get everything that is coming down the road. Um, like a copywriting course, it's going to talk about my approach to writing a sales page. You don't just get the template, but you also kind of get okay, how do I start with this template and how do I actually build it out to something that's going to mean something to me, make a difference to the people reading. So that's coming. I've got a lot of other um, courses, like those micro courses that I'm going to continue to build out. So that vault is just going to keep getting bigger. And um, yeah, there's, there's just a lot in the works. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Well, Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on today. This has been a wonderful conversation. Is there anything that I didn't touch on that you wanted to bring up? I think you touched on everything, but I would say that as you're considering whether or not this is the right step for you, whether you have an idea of a business that you want to start that lets you travel, or you kind of started something, but you're not sure if it's the right thing. Maybe you have those outside voices whispering things to you that, that, you know, causes those plants, those seeds of doubt. Um, just know that I want you to put yourself out there and open that door and take those first, first steps in faith, because you have no idea the opportunities that are waiting for you when you take those first steps, when you make that, that bold move and you put those fears aside and really what's the worst that can happen. A lot of times it's not nearly as bad as we seem to think it is in our mind. And so just be intentional with who you surround yourself with, who you let into your brain, into your ears, into your mind. This is an awesome podcast, not just for running a business, but for all RVing, you know, all the RVing mindset, like you talked about, it's not just business related, but then also when you're out there and you're telling people you're going to be a solo woman on the road, you get a lot of people saying a lot of things. And so being intentional with what you listen to, that's why I love your podcast, Kathy. I think it's excellent. And I'm just so grateful I got to come on. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really want to thank my guest, Kimberly. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, you can do almost any kind of business from the road, even one that sells physical products. Number two, The internet is important, but there are ways you can set yourself up to go totally off grid and still have your business run. Set up systems and automations so you can step away and not feel like your business is missing out. Number three, don't underestimate the value of the time you spend outside and not working. Often that's where great ideas generate and our bodies and souls rejuvenate. Number four, Having more than one revenue stream not only makes business sense, but it also feeds different parts of yourself. And number five, find a community of people who support you while you run a solo business, whether it be a group like Roadpreneur or some other professional organization. Being solo is great, but sometimes you need other folks to bounce ideas off us and to get help when you're stuck. As I mentioned, Kimberly has been really generous and she is offering a discount 
to listeners of this podcast. So if you want to join us over at the Roadpreneur community, head on over to roadpreneur.com slash solo women RV to sign up and I will link all of this in the show notes and on my blog. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Solo Women RV podcast. Be sure to tune in next week where we will be talking about how to find a great remote job. And if you haven't already listened in the last week where we talked about more traditional work camping type jobs, you can find more content over at solowomenrv.com. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a podcast sponsor. Details can be found at anchor.fm slash Kathy-Belge. If you heard something today that you think someone would benefit from, please share this episode and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It really does help us a lot. Solo Women RV Podcast theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. Until next week, we'll see you out there on the road.